0: Live from the 93.7 The Ticket Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. This is Inside the Huddle with Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Fires a pass and it's intercepted by the Huskers at the 25, Jay Foreman. And Foreman takes it down to the 19-yard line of Oklahoma. Another big play by the Blackshirts. On 93.7 The Ticket in theticketfm.com. Sponsored by Advanced Medical Imaging.
1: Good morning, once again, inside the huddle with Jay Foreman. They say uh, salutations to places, Harrison. Brought to you by Advanced Medical Imaging, located at 7601 Pioneers Boulevard. Again, I always give them props, man, because they uh, brought, your back, brought your boy back with, with seen from the depths of hell. Dogs were barking. Going to actually see him tomorrow morning. Bright and early, about the same time, 7.15, check in. Hopefully by 8.15, I'm going to be feeling all right, man. So I appreciate... Uh, Dr. Uh, Ryzen and uh, Dr. Finn, uh, not only then Advanced Medical Imaging with their support, but we're inside the huddle every week or every Sunday. We're inching towards uh, football season. Um, you know, the NFL teams are in training camp or some of them are in training camp, so it's good to see some highlights. Um, and then obviously, you know, college football is right around the corner because we've got Big Ten media days uh next week and it was a Tuesday Wednesday Thursday mm-hmm. uh so I'll be doing some stuff remote and trying to get in the face of some of these coaches and Matt Rule and company will be out there uh so it'll be interesting to see uh you know how that's handled I mean obviously you know last year uh I think Scott or Nebraska had made made I guess plans or made it known they needed to be the first team up there because of you know getting camp started early mm-hmm uh because of northwestern game and obviously just in you know I guess you know you can to hindsight twenty twenty you know you get a you know coach gets up there doesn't give an opening statement and the only one that didn't give an opening statement um probably you know was a could a look into you know possibly how the season went, but i think matt obviously matt one thing Matt rule is gonna be able to do is rock the mic yeah yeah he's, he's gonna ro- he's gonna rock the mic he's done this before um you know he's going to highlight his program. He's you know he's going to do what he needs to do as a head coach and and do what uh you know what what you do at the Big Ten uh, media days talk about your program, the progress, and what you possibly could uh see you know moving forward. So it'll be interesting to see the reaction of it. You know I know that you know originally when he was hired, you know Trev said he didn't want to win the press conference. Trev underestimated Matt Rule in front of a mic. <laughs> you know I'd seen him before and and like I said, one of my best friends, coach with him. So I knew he, you know, he could talk and, you know, he mean. And he stands on his words. He's not just out there just talking just to talk. But, you know, he knows what to, you know, say. And, you know, and really, to be honest with you, it seems like he believes it, you mm-hmm. know. So, I mean, his conviction comes out in your words, not hollow words. Some people can say, oh, I believe in Harrison or I believe in the Huskers. And it's just kind of like it's like the Northwestern kid I was making fun of, you know, at, on uh, old school reading off of a. Uh, a cue card up and down where Matt Rule can he doesn't need many notes yeah. um and when he fields questions he's going to be the answer to the questions um i'm sure people you know i you know i do some work with the Big 10 i'm sure the you know the the people that other you know guys that do stuff at the Big 10 are going to come back come away um come away impressed um i think this year considering Matt Rule and the presence that Nebraska has made on the recruiting trail his press his first press conference and then his continued you know, he's he's out in, in the public. You know, he was just at a concert somewhere a couple of days ago. You know, he's having he was just down in Houston doing kind of a coach's clinic. He was down there before and got recruits out of there. He's been, you know, he's had numerous um in state visitors and stuff like that. So the media attention around the program is ramped up again. And so I think the local media would be out there probably in a little bit more um depth. This year as well, you know. I real think, quick,
0: who's all going down for the ticket? It's you, Amon.
1: I think everybody, everybody. Okay, I have no idea. Okay, <laughs> uh, I think me, I think me, Amon, DP, Rashawn, Farley, Jake, Sip will be there, and I think that's it. That's the crew. I, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that's going. Um, and then you know, I think some other you know outlets and stuff will be uh-huh. there. Um, probably in more than last year. I was a little surprised that uh other radio stations and stuff like that didn't cover big 10 um and maybe that was just because of nebraska was going to be the first one up they were there at the shortest time as far as like player interviews and players uh being uh, accessible i think that definitely will change this year um but anyways into uh you know nebraska and what to look forward to you know we're doing a you know position breakdown uh we're gonna dive into it here and we're gonna um I want to continue to look at the defensive side of the ball and in particular the defensive line. And, you know, the way I like to do it is probably do my guesstimation of starters and then the backups and then maybe a surprise. And it's different because Nebraska had a 3-4 last year. Mm -hmm. Now they have a 3-3-5. So you can count the outside rushers as kind of uh, in that front line, you know, which is an MJ Sherman. So it's, I, I expect MJ Sherman slash Jamari Butler to start at the, let's just say the elephant jack position. That's the stand up linebacker, hand in the dirt on third down, a guy that's going to be the, you know, featured position in in this defense, right? So when you think of somebody like that, um, NFL-wise, I'm not a big Cowboys fan, but, you know, DeMarcus Ware would be that type of position. Um, old, I'll go old school with Charles Haley, when he played with the 49ers and the Cowboys, um, so you know obviously he those two are going to be starting, and those two are interchangeable, right? And and when you run a three three five, you got to have some flexibility, and so you want to be able you you'll be in a three four front sometimes. And um, in, in that three four front could be one actually off the ball linebacker, two like Jamari Butler and M J Sherman on the line of scrimmage, and then the kind of hybrid whether it's Gifford, whether it's Javon Wright, whether it's Bullock, is the other linebacker. Um, And it depends on down and distance personnel and obviously who's healthy considering that Nebraska's had a little bit of health issues. But up front, you know, in the three down linemen, uh, my starters would be – I I would assume – first of all, I think Ty Robinson is going to start – Nash is probably going to be, you know, the nose. I think he's done a good job of getting in better shape, increasing his cardio mm-hmm. um, and, and embraced what he needed to do as far as changing his body. And um, from everything that I've read is that it seems like he's, you know, you know, coming along a little bit. And I think the new defensive line coach and the new scheme is, you know, worked out well for him. But I think Dawson, those guys did a really good job with him last year that you saw some of the strength that you heard about him the polar bear the yeah. you know like he was so strong he started to play stronger I know everybody wanted to fixate on the one play against Wisconsin that's one play but they didn't fixate on the play before where he made a you know a really good play splitting the double team and making a uh, making a tackle and then the other starter um I think it's going to be Judy, uh, the transfer from Texas A&M I think he has experience um you know I think he showed well in the spring game and so you feel – you know, I'm assuming that the coaches feel very comfortable with those three, you know, as far as starting in the rotation. Um, what the really big question is, when you look at the defensive line, is behind that. You know, and I know they did a really good job of recruiting, um, you know, defensive linemen and, you know, you know, coming up. But the only other guy is uh, Raekwon Buckley, who has a ton of talent. Um, he's very, very raw. Was very, very raw, raw. So if they can, if he had a huge summer, and has a really good fall camp, he could definitely be in the rotation. And you know, the the good thing about it is when you don't have a lot of depth, the way college football is, a lot of te- you're in nickel a lot. So you're going to mm-hmm. be using Ty Robinson, Judy, maybe Buckley, Nash, If it's a run down as far as the nickel, and then you can you know mix in you know Princewell is probably the one that really really flashed the most out of all the incoming guys. And I'm not a big play true freshman, but he plays strong with heavy hands. You know what I mean, Harrison? is so he didn't mm-hmm. look out of place. And so when you think about what Nebraska needs to do is not only, you know, obviously play well and play the veterans, but you also have to mix in some of the young guys because they're good enough. It's not that you're just putting them out there because it was promised. Um, Princewell, as an early enrollee, I think he had advantage of, yeah. say, say, a Jay Foreman coming in in fall camp or in the summer where he's able to get in, learn the lingo, learn the workouts. The coaches see him more. They can kind of coach around or add to what he does well or doesn't do well. But what he really has done is made a lot of plays, a lot of plays. Mm -hmm. And he made a lot of plays at different positions. He made a lot of plays playing the five technique, uh, which I was a little bit surprised at considering he was a freshman, you you know. know? And and then he also made some plays – Standing up. And it wasn't anything – I mean, really, when Tony White said, look, I, if you mess up starting at A and you don't go directly to B but you end up at C, I'm going to put you on the field. So what that let me know is that he wants playmakers out there. Mm-hmm. So it's him. Um, Noonan showed well. Um, but you can't play both of them. And, you know, because you got – um was it? Uh, Cameron uh, from the uh, – Noonan? Again, no, Cameron Linhart. Uh, who actually probably looks the most ready out of of Noonan, Princewell, and himself Mm -hmm. because he played at IMG, which is almost like a high school prep school, really good coaches. I mean, they have Pepper Johnson, former Super Bowl champion, NFL coach down there, and a ton of former NFL players coaching these guys. It's like football, school, football, school. Um, And you see why the previous staff wanted him, had him, Mm -hmm. and then the obviously the new staff went down there and got after him again because when you see him play at two hundred and fifty five pounds, six three, two fifty five, um, he plays a better technique than the majority of the guys you see coming out of high school. And he's a you know, he, he makes and plays a factor. So you can't play three freshmen. Ideally you don't want to because you whether the coaches want to say it or not, you want to stack your roster, right? So if so if you have three three guys that can play, you want to try to maybe play one or two at the most, but you want to make sure It's uh, advantageous for their career, Mm -hmm. and they need to be on board with it as well. Now, the advantage is that they get to play four games and still redshirt. You know, that's – I mean, essentially, it gives them some – you know, a whole season of playing, so you can kind of ramp them up, play them, send them back in the lab and say, you know, you played them because some guys get hurt, put them on the shelf, play them two weeks, and then play them at the end of the season as well if you need to and get them fourth games. Or if you only get two or three games, still it's better than none if they choose to go that route. So the defensive line is a little bare from the uh, depth in um, experience, but I think it's a huge year for Ty Robinson when you think, of, you know, really I'm going to focus on him. This defense will come and go uh, how he plays. I mean, it's, it's time for him to really maximize and play to his potential – I mean, he's listed at 6'6, 310. I mean, he's 6'5, 300. I mean, he looks like an NFL defensive lineman, but looks can only take you so far, right? He's strong. He's fast. He shows quickness when he wants to. Now you need to see the more consistent play out of him. And it's a tremendous opportunity for him. Before he was playing with a ton of depth, you got to think Ben Steele was here, Daniels was here, uh, Thomas was here himself. Um, so there's so many guys that he had to play with and along. Casey Rogers was here. Riley was here. You got to think they had six, seven defensive linemen in a rotation in a three-four. So you, the chances to really flourish wasn't there, but the potential was there. And potential, I remember my dad telling me this. You know, we're talking about guys with potential. He's like, "You got potential right now." Talking to me, he's like, "But you you haven't done Tilly Poo yet." <laughs> so Ty Robinson, he, he's done a little bit more than Tilly Poo, but we need to. You know, I think he can be. A player, if he takes it upon himself, they could be second or third team Big Ten. It's not a the only thing that's stopping it is from is him. Yeah, you know? I mean he
0: had some flashes last year Right, where it looked like he was starting to come alive. Yeah. He was he I can't remember what. It was down the stretch. He, I mean, he has had a couple double teams. He right. was tearing through, which you know, at the beginning of the season he wasn't getting through those. Yeah, he was kinda of taking it on the I mean, chin.
1: And so maybe that was it. Maybe he saw like, hey, this is time to turn it up. Maybe he saw that, you know, he it was it was time for him to um, you know, be more of a leader, and you know I know he had the shoulder injury, but you know ty Ty works hard in the weight room again, he's naturally strong, he's a big dude um 3'10". Six, six, three, 10. Three, 10. if he, he can get healthy, yeah, yeah, he a- should be healthy now, and hopefully his weights you know about you know about two ninety I think that'd be the best because I asked Jason Peter about him all the time. he's like ty's probably his best two ninety, and he can play all game if you you know the defense is gonna come and go as him if he if he is as good as he, as he can be and plays up to his potential, that really nullifies any angst that you have about the defensive line. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of pressure, but, you know, he's been here. He knows what it takes. It's not like he doesn't know Minnesota and their schemes or their players. You know, it's not like he hasn't played against these top-notch players. So Or top-notch teams, excuse me. So now he, he should be more of a veteran. Now it's just, you know, not going through the motions but going out and dictating what you uh, want to get done. Because the reason why – I say that if he plays to his potential, it makes Heinrich's job easier. It makes Reimers more effective. It makes Jamari Butler more effective in his learning curve because he he has a ton of potential, he hasn't learned. It allows MJ Sherman, those two together kind of be like a like a Grant Wisdom, Jason Peter mm-hmm. and Dominican Sue, Barry Turner, those type of guys, uh Pierre Allen. Um, you get those guys going on third down now you know, if you want to put a Bullock in there at a linebacker, if you want to kind of have Javen Wright kind of play an inside linebacker or on third downs and stuff like that, it allows you to do that stuff more freely because you have a tempo setter and a new line of scrimmage. You know what I'm saying? And this isn't just flashes, right? You do, The first thing that you said, just let me know a lot about Ty, right? We've seen flashes. Mm-hmm. Now we want to, now it's, impossible to say, we want you to go from seeing flashes to just dominate everything, you know, go from where he's at to in Dominican suit, but you can go somewhere in in between. Yeah. You know, you can be a Jared Crick or somebody like that. You can play with extreme effort and play with a different edge, and that will help the defense out tremendously. But actually, not only the defense, it helped help the team. Yeah, be- not even
0: Crick, because Crick was a hell of a player too. Just, right, <laughs> but he
1: has the potential to be that, though. You think so? You think he's – I mean – He's bigger than Crick. That's a good point. Yeah. He's stronger. He put
0: together. Plus Crick, let's, if you're being fair, the, the support around him. I right. Mean, but that, I'm that just talking to individual, individual
1: to the individual. They're standing next to each other. 290, 295, 6'6", strong as an ox mm-hmm. when he wants to be. is potential. Crick has already done it. That book is written. Right. This one's still got some pages that got need to be filled <laughs> up, and they need to be filled up rapidly. So – but also, what people don't understand for for the listeners out there and in, in on the stream, when, this is what people don't understand about. <clears throat> you know, I didn't play with Indomicon Sue, but I can only assume. And in, Indomicon Sue, the Jasons, P, Jason Peter, the Christian Peters, when they dominated on the defensive line, it made the offensive line better mm-hmm. because they had to get better, right? Mm-hmm. And probably maybe on the other side, of Jason came in and he's going against some good – you know, the pipeline when he was younger. He had to get better. So then when you think about it, okay, let's just look at recent history and Dominican and Sue, he, Matt Slauson will tell you going against him, he had to get better. He had to work after practice. I saw the offensive line have to deal with the Jason Peters and the Christian Peters and those guys. So that's how you build up your in your trenches. You just don't – I think sometimes – when it comes to recruiting people's like oh we're just going to go get you know Harrison and Jay Foreman and you know Harrison from Oregon and Jay Foreman from Illinois and we're both five star and we're just going to just come here and all of a sudden our defensive line is good they don't work like that it doesn't i think the trenches are the
0: biggest development spots by far yeah like you got to develop those guys early
1: well I, I well yes and no because i would ask you this is jason peter when he's leaving, he wasn't the same Jason Peter. He had to get developed. It took some. I mean, granted, mm-hmm. he now he developed rapidly. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I could I could see you like when I was a redshirt freshman. I was like, that dude is a dude, right? Because he was quick, right? He's tall, strong, nasty, right? But when he came in, he wasn't the dude that I saw when I first started playing. And definitely, he got better every year. So you got to develop him. You're right, mm-hmm. right? But that's a relationship. So the the coach has to have a plan to develop him and kind of keep pushing them, and the player has to push himself and, and accept that coaching. I think sometimes in recruiting, because recruiting is as big as this season, mm-hmm. which should never be – it, the it shouldn't be equal. I think sometimes people, and I think some coaches, previous coaches, staffs, and this is – Frost and all the from Frost, you know, you know, for the last like three coaching staffs. I think they move on from kids too quickly. I think I think that's the worst thing you can do. And I'd always want to ask a coach like, okay, I recruited Harrison, you know, and just say you just you, you're struggling with time management, you know, or just dealing with competition, or figuring out how to play a different technique. I mean, let's be honest, if you're a defensive lineman, if you're Ty Robinson in high school. There ain't much technique you need. Know, you just blow through everybody and just – <laughs> yeah. you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Right? And You're an so, athlete at that point. Right. They, they can find a, a spot for you. Well, you could – there's nobody that Ty Robinson went yeah. against that's as good day in and day out that he's practicing against right now, and that's at the University of Nebraska. So what I mean is you have to develop the techniques. you got to develop within the system. Mm-hmm. You know, you might be always just played on the right side in high school. Well, now you got to learn how to play on the left side. You have to line up differently. You need another hand in the ground. That takes a long time. When Jason Peter told me about the nuances of how he played defensive line right and left, and how he had to, you know, he had a headache from looking under, out of a peripheral. He looking out of his peripheral and reading the offensive lineman, the Jason offensive lineman from him. I mean, it got me confused. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so it, it takes time to develop. So I don't want to turn the pages on any of these guys. They they do have to develop at a pace, right? Because the reason why you have to develop at a pace, because if you decide to, and this is where I think Ty, hopefully the light will come on, right? And and he's gotten, I thought that he second half of the season he turned it up. Yeah, the better. second
0: half of the season was what I was hoping to see. Right, it that was, was getting closer to. It was getting season. closer.
1: Now we we need it more. Come yeah. on, Harrison, you too, nice. No, getting yeah, closer what, to the ceiling, but right. the
0: consistency is what's missing. If you want, if he, was, you want to get he started there. to be
1: more consistent because yeah. you started to hear his name, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But what you don't want is somebody that plays early. And then I've seen this happen at Nebraska. You've seen it in other places too, where you play early and then you get complacent. Mm-hmm. See, well, I think what Matt Rule and those guys are going to do is alleviate that by constantly recruiting. Now, that doesn't mean that, hey – Jay Foreman's playing. I've played well for you, and, you know, maybe I need a kick in the butt, and here comes Harrison, and you make a couple plays in the scrimmage, and next thing you know, I'm out of here. I don't think that they're going to do that because that's impulsive. But I think the culture that they're trying to get at the University of Nebraska, and, again, I can't speak for them. I can only, and particularly, hope. But what it looks like is constantly you're having, you're having to earn your spot. I mean I never felt comfortable here and started 4 years. I never felt I mean I felt like I always wanted to prove something. You know, to be honest with you, the last couple of years I I didn't I wanted to play more. So I was I was fighting a, you know, unforeseen object. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to play more. I wanted to widen the gap. I didn't want there to be any discrepancies of who was the best at my position. So that's what you have to do to continue to develop. And the more guys you bring in is going to make it either amplify, and they always say that, you know, the cream rises to the top, pressure builds diamonds, you know, pressure builds, bust pipes, all that type of stuff. So I think it's a it's a big year for Ty. And it's a big year for this, for some of those guys. Ty, Nash, um, Blaze Gunnerson. Mm-hmm. It's a big year for Jamari, you know. Um, you still got Borders. I was about to say it's a big, mm-hmm. big year for Chief Borders, which is different. I think he's like the – you know, before we go to break, I was just about to get into him. I think he's the could be your surprise player and your asterisks, right? Because what
0: do you mean by asterisk?
1: Asterisks is like maybe not right away because I think he just needs to learn how to play like outside linebacker, right? You know, so then he can unleash what he is. I mean, what his body can do. So the asterisk is kind of like tie, like. You might not hear from him in the first couple weeks, and you'd be like, oh, man, there's a waste of transfer portal. Get him out of here, right? That's the exact – we should time stamp that, pin that, right? okay. And see what – but then if he, you know, keeps at it and works, then you're like, oh, I heard his name, Mm -hmm. right? Oh, he's on special teams. Oh, he made a play on defense. Then you're going to be like, oh, that's the asterisk meaning, right? Like, that's the – like, that's the – the addition, you know what I mean? Because hasn't had a lot of talk, right, this offseason, mm-hmm. you know? Um, he's learning because sometimes when you come out of, like, high school, highly touted like him, and you get to Florida, and you have so much turnover and turnover in defensive staffs, assistant coaches, and culture, because Florida's fire you quickly. You'll be there and just barely close, close on your house and get your basement fixed. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're calling the same realtor to get you out of town. Well, that – change that hurts players that need to develop because he's extremely superior athletically but you gotta be coached and develop like you say like you said to be a better football player and that's where he's at right now so i think he's an asterisk but he could be your surprise player as the season goes on because the one thing i like about it is that they're gonna um demand these players to work hard every day and earn it so that's the first segment inside the huddle second segment we're going to talk a little bit about the uh Zoom call for NFL running backs. I'm going to bring you inside the huddle and the inside or the NFL perspective, what it would be like or what they're talking about to try to help themselves so the running backs can get paid. Jay Foreman, inside the huddle. I'll be right back.